Would you please join me for prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The sermon text this morning comes from the Old Testament from the prophet Zechariah chapter 9. and That's available for you in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along. I'm not going to ask you to read with me today, but it's a marvelous piece of scripture that gets us thinking about God coming to us. About God coming to us when it seems like Easter was a long, long time ago. I mean, I, I don't know what you're thinking, but Easter is over a year ago. Every Christmas comes, every December 24th, we get to handle that. But last year, Easter was like March 15th or something. It's just insane. And this, you know, it's like you went Christmas, New Year's, Lent, Easter, and then everybody's tired from Easter to the end of school. And you just see it, feel like, ha, 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 ha. But when it falls late like this, people are just wiped out. Last service and the following service, we have children singing and the children just kind of look tired at school. They, 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 they've been going to school, uh, some of them almost four days a week, uh, you know, getting after it. And, and if you think they're tired, you should see their parents. They just kind of sit down. They're like, ah. And if you think they're tired, you should see their teachers. It's about time. It's about time Easter would get here. It, it just seems to be slow in arriving this year. It'd be so good if Easter would just kind of come every March 30th or something, right in that sweet spot. It would be, it would be nice. And then you think about where we've been in over that last 365 plus days. And the year itself has been somewhat nutty and crazy. We went from being on the cusp of an election to having a new president. Last year, we had early Easter in a drought, which means we wondered if the Easter lilies were going to even open, and we put them in the church, and we turned on the heater, and we hoped that they would happen. And, and this year, we have it late, so we hope they're not overbloomed, and our drought is almost over. Matter of fact, they got three more feet up in the Sierras this weekend. And it would seem to be that we've gone from being early and dry to late and done with the drought. And the wildflowers are beautiful, been dormant for so long. And if you drive up and down the freeways or make your way into any one of our parks, the flowers are beautiful. Last year was crazy. We, we had the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> Insane. And we left the Patriots for dead at halftime of the Super Bowl. And then they roared back and beat the Falcons. And the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. And on and on. And all of that stuff kind of swirls around us. And we're connected to it in a sense. But, but it's the periphery of our lives. It's not the core. What happened at the core of our lives? Are we the same a year and a month later where are our hearts? Where are our souls? Where are our minds? What's gone on outside of us is easy to mark, but what's gone on inside of us is another thing altogether. 
a peace that Zechariah speaks of in Zechariah chapter 9, beginning at verse 9 and reading through about verse 13. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend my bow and fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. See, your king comes to you. My wife and I were in the store this week, and we kind of looked around, and, and we kind of asked little existential questions and observations. I said, what do you see? And my wife, with keen understanding, says, people look exhausted. People look tired. I said, yeah, they just seem to be kind of running on a, on a ragged edge. They, they just seem kind of tired and, and, and then frantic as well. When you go to Target and people are slamming the stuff in the cart and running the cart thing and then slamming the stuff out and then you have the red cart, you get the 5% of you and you go, go. And people are standing there kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to get all my stuff. I got to have toiletries and Easter eggs and candy and peeps and all this stuff. I got to make it so it happens. Blah, 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 blah. You just kind of look and think, man, we need Easter. We need that deep breath. We need that moment where the foot comes off the gas. People of Zechariah's time, everything was crazy. They'd been taken away and exiled to Babylon. The cities were left. The families were split apart. Nothing was the same. God had been sending prophets, and, and the message was, was not one of encouragement and hope. When the prophets came and the prophets spoke, they would say, repent. And then they would say, the word of the Lord is, I have not forgotten my people. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. When things were crazy in Zechariah's time, and the people were splintered and fractured, it was then that the Lord sent Zechariah to say, God has not forgotten his people. Rather, God is coming to you. And when the Palm Sunday narrative was written in Matthew's gospel, he, he quotes Zechariah. He says, all was all kind of becoming clear as, as the colt and the donkey and Jesus and all of this thing, as, as the covenant, as the promise was all being kept right in front of them, right there. They kind of nodded and Matthew said, that's right. Your king is coming to you in the craziness of the time, in the frantic moments when you're tired and fractured and hurting, your king comes to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I need Holy Week this year. We have been going and blowing. 
going bonkers and crazy. Work, 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 go, 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 family, 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 wedding, 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 get it, get it, get it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> your king comes to you into the tired places of your life. Your king comes to you with strength and power with the same breath of life, the nefesh hayah, that which he came to Adam and Eve, he comes to you to re-inspire, to bless, to empower. He comes into our exhausting and frantic pace of life, into our time and space. He comes to us not, not to put the foot on the gas and say, hey, there's more you can do. Make that list of to-dos a little longer. And if you don't, you should feel guilty. And if you do and then you feel bad, you should feel shame. That is not our king. Our king comes into the exhausting and frantic moments of life. He comes with transcendent peace. He reaches down with peace. He came not that day to those people on a horse with a sword and an army. He came with palms in the hands of children, with high, beautiful voices singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He brought peace to them and he brings peace to us. And he comes to us into the sin that breaks and divides. He comes with grace and forgiveness not to cut and to punch and to fight. Rather, he comes to us with release and mercy and grace. And maybe that, in a frantic, tiring time, is a message that gives us an oasis of peace. Servants of hope are blessed to be the children of God. That's you and me. This week is crazy here. You guys know better than that. You're going to have one more service than me this week. <laughs> Today for one, tonight for a big concert that they're prepared for. Friday night, Sunday, three big services. Here are people making sacrifices so that we can be blessed. And we will make sacrifices. We've got family coming to our house. We talk about that every time. Maybe you have to go to the crazy person this time, or maybe they have to come to you this time. Then what? <laughs> See, your crazy nephew comes to you, riding on a used BMW and bringing <laughs> bad potatoes. <laughs> King Jesus comes to us today. And he comes with peace. He comes to comfort his people. He comes to lean into humanity. And so we look forward to that. Look forward to what will go on in our congregation Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we'll take our break and take our foot off the gas as a community of faith. But not until we've seen the resurrection of the Lord and beheld that in the eyes of faith. But a question kept coming to me, so your king comes to you, your king comes to you. And, and I kept thinking, so what? So what? Your king comes to you, so what? And, and, and I thought about that. If, if your king comes to you and you don't believe in Jesus, then it's kind of nothing. 
It's a nice little oasis. It's, you can go through the motions of Easter. You can buy candy. You probably won't buy a cross. You'll you probably take it as an opportunity to do something outside, to watch TV, to watch a sporting event. You might exercise. You might be with family. But the point is, if, if, if you don't engage with Jesus, your king who comes to you, you're a little poorer and a little more tired even after a couple of days off. There's nothing good for your soul that comes of being disconnected from Jesus. And yet, many, many people throughout the world are going to say, yeah, Easter, it's nice. We get a break. Whatever. I don't care. Your soul's a little poorer for that. Then there's us. We lean into Easter. We look forward to it. We, 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 we say, oh man. We say, I know I got to get to church early next week because at 9.30 you have 8 million people at church. And if you think the parking's bad with the, 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 the car show, next week will be crazy. And the people who don't ever come to church are going to come and save pews. Some might even save the pew that you like to sit in. And, <laughs> and I can see it. And you stand there and go. I mean, it's, but we do that, we who are here weekly, who follow Jesus, who know the path of discipleship, who follow the path of discipleship, who hold to a, a Christian set of values. It's this week that we kind of nod in affirmation. We go, that's right. That's right. He died on Friday night. And the rest of the story is he woke up from the death, from the grave on Easter Sunday morning. And that reality paints my whole life. My whole life is predicated on the Son of God who rose from the dead. And my values and my behavior and all of the things to which I belong and I hold most dear are affirmed and put forward as the greatest belief system in the history of the world on Easter Sunday morning. And our souls are the better for it. Our souls are strengthened in faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't believe, it's no skin off your nose. If you do believe, it's the greatest week in the world but what if you're kind of kind of hanging out? What if you're kind of, I don't know, Jesus, faith, life, it's a different world, it's a different place. world is different than it was last year, it's different than it was in Zechariah's time. What about, what if I'm not quite there? What if I'm sitting on the fence? Then, then what? Then the words of Zechariah take on a marvelous tone. See, your king comes to you. Perhaps this week is a moment to reset your faith in Christ. To find him as an anchor point of your whole life. His cross and his resurrection for you resets identity, values, behavior. Your value system. Reset your value system. From stuff to grace, from frantic to peace, from self to Jesus. From stuff to grace, from frantic to peace, from self to Jesus. Your whole self will be the better for that. It'll be harder on one side because you make decisions based on a different word. But it'll be better because your soul will be peaceful, your mind will be focused on bigger things in a grander context, and your life will find a kind of rootedness that maybe you haven't experienced for a while.
And maybe this week provides an opportunity to be focused on that bigger picture. Perhaps for some to go back to the faith you knew as a child and be refreshed in the story of the death of Christ, the cross, the life of Christ, the resurrection, and the joyful chance of He is risen. He is risen indeed. But let those words of Zechariah be words of invitation. See, your king comes to you. We pray. It's good to be together today, Lord, before things go completely bonkers this week. I thank you so much for each person who's here this morning and that you've called them to be your own through your word, through Jesus. We pray that you would bless our week that we would finish up the things we need to finish up at work or family or wherever and then, and then just let it all hang out in our hearts for Easter. We pray for our congregation that we would be ready. We're, we're fixing to be, Lord. We're, we're like a loaded spring. And we pray that those who are sitting on the fence would be kind of pushed into the corral of faith and that maybe the fog would clear from their mind and they would say, you know what? That Jesus changes, changes everything. Grant us who walk by faith the marvelous affirmation of your love in our lives and the destination of heaven for each and every one of us who call upon the name of the Lord. It's in Jesus, our King. It's in his name we pray. Amen.